Praise God. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. We thank you, Lord, that we will find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And boy, do we ever need you. (laughs) We need you more than we can remember needing you ever, Lord. We thank you that, that we are aware that you're the one we need. You're right there for us. And we declare, Father, that every need in here is met by your glorious riches. We have no lack. We have no uh, scarcity. We have nothing but abundance in you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. So we're going to talk today about the faith that um, uh, uh, we can live in heaven's reality. Amen. We we can live in heaven's reality. And we do live in heaven's reality. We just come in and out sometimes. <laughs> Every now and then we stick our heads into what God's doing and find everything we need. No worries, no cares. You know, all grace abounds toward us. And then we start thinking about what's going on in the natural realm and kind of get drawn off. Then we go back into where God is and get our peace again. And, you know, it's just that kind of life. But uh, God wants us to live in heaven's reality and expect the things of heaven to come to pass in our lives and, and to understand the blessing that we have in God and, and how he wants us to live. You know, he wants us to live. He has such richness uh, for us. Uh, you know, and, and it's not for the greedy. We know God better than that. You know, you, you're not going, you greedy, you're going to be waiting a long time. Amen. <laughs> because when you come to his throne, nothing but righteousness is acceptable. And so when we come to the throne, we come repentant and, you know, if there's anything that is amiss he'll reveal it to us so that we can confess it and get it out of the way and it's like oh god i i didn't even know i had all that going on let me get rid of that because i know it's not pleasing to you and this is really all the the life with god is about it's about living in his privileges living in his righteousness living in the way he wants us to live he saw how we are to live as saved people he saw that before the foundation of the earth that's always been his vision for us is for us to live in harmony with him to live in peace and joy and comfort with him and to have full provision like heirs of the world that's who we are uh, we are heirs of the world amen uh, and, and and you know heirs it's not we're not waiting for somebody to die to get our stuff Let's say it again we're not waiting for it because he already died and he already raised up so he's there to help us to manage our lives so that our lives can be successful in him amen so he wants nothing but success for us never any failure God has not planned any failure for anybody who connects with him. And so he wants us to know uh, what success is. He told uh, the man and the woman in the garden, be fruitful, multiply, increase, replenish the earth and subdue it. Uh, we're not supposed to be depleters. We're supposed to be replenishers. Amen. But we know that sin causes a depletion and a destruction on everything. And so I just believe that that when we get back to 
God, then we start replenishing. We start increasing. We start prospering. We start blessing. We start, all that gets started up again. And, and it's a good thing because there's so many people with so many needs. And God wants us to be conduits so that we can make provision for the needs of others as well as for ourselves. Amen. So after you have your abundance, the overflow is for those that God assigns the overflow to. There'll be so much there that, that you know, so fast we won't be able to keep up with all of the good things that God is doing and how he's doing them. So, so he wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be encouraged and increased at all times. And so, uh, we, we really, really, uh, are entitled to heaven's reality. We're entitled, that's our entitlement. That's what we're supposed to have. So we're supposed to walk in whatever, uh, heaven has. We're supposed to be in that same condition. And if it's not that way, we have God's word that we can bring heaven down here on earth in a real way. Amen. Uh, not just imaginary, but it is real. And so we thank God for that, that, that faith can, can get us into that door. And so really faith is what allows us, it graces us to live in heaven's reality. Whenever that word becomes real to us, that word gets ignited on the inside of you. You, instead of just glancing at, at the pages of the Bible and reading real fast, you know, to get your, your pages done, you know, uh, I have to remind myself that God is talking to me and you don't rush people when they talk to you. You, you sit there politely and you listen. And let them get the whole message out, right? You know, I mean, I think it's good to have, have a plan to read the word, but also you gotta have a plan to, to deal with God in that. You gotta have a plan to hear from God. You gotta have a plan to listen to God while you're reading the word. Amen. While you're doing all those things, your, your focus should be Him. Amen. Give, give your undivided attention to his word. Give your full attention to his word. And, and wait for him to expand on what, what you just read. You know, let him begin to build that up and increase that instead of, you know, letting it be so many, uh, pages that you read. It's not like school, you know, where you, you studied something for a test and then you forgot it. You forget this and the devil's liable to bust you between your eyes the next time you go outside the house. You know what I'm saying? So we got to meditate and take this word with us and execute the word. You know, obey the word. Do what the word tells us to do at all times. Not just stuff we like doing. Amen. But the stuff that you don't find so pleasant sometimes, you know, let the word put you under a little discipline so that you, you get to see what some of those areas in the Bible are like that you didn't think you liked so much. Amen. <laughs> like many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. We, we go through many testings because we have treasure on the inside of us that has to be found. Amen. And that's part of what God's doing. You know, uh, he's revealing the hidden treasure in all of us. And sometimes we don't even think about stuff like that. And we're so busy going to the next whatever we like. You know, we don't think about the fact, you know, God, God, there's some things that you want to do 
to give me uh, more power in you, refinement, uh, greater power in my prayer life, you know. And our prayer life shouldn't just be for me, my, and I, and, and us four and no more, you know, that kind of thing. It, it should be to make changes. God, what is it you're interested in today? You know, I mean, <laughs> flip it around and and find out. You you'd be surprised sometimes if you ask God what's on His heart and where He He wants you to focus your energy and and your prayer and so forth. You know, usually uh, um, there's so much that comes toward you when you're committed to pray. Uh, there's all kinds of things going on in the world that need to be adjusted, that God needs to get involved in, that, that he, he needs to, to, uh, get to the bottom of and get to the root of it. And a lot of this stuff is not just wild conspiracy theory stuff. Um, much of the stuff that's hard to to believe and hard to listen to actually is going on. You understand what I'm saying? And it's going to go on until God's people do something about it. We're the ones. Nobody else is coming, folks. Nobody else's. It's nobody else's job but ours. And so when you understand that, then, then you'll be more, a little more, I think, attentive, a little more sensitive to what God wants to, to do and what He's considering, what He, what's your assignment, what's your next thing that God wants you to do, what's, what do you need to get involved in, amen, and, and allow God to, to shift your focus into those things so that you'll be where He wants you to be. You know, uh, the greatest seed you can sow is a sacrificial seed. Something that has nothing to do with you personally whatsoever. Amen. It is just for the benefit of what God has on his heart that needs to be done. I, I remember, uh, Lester Summerall, um, talking about how his ministry started in the Philippines and, uh, he, God sent him to, he has sent him to some different places he had been to asia uh and he wound up in the philippines god said to go there and this time take your family with you so his wife and their small boys were there and he said that he uh had prayed and prayed what brother summerall would commonly do would be to pray until he knew he had a breakthrough on what he was praying for sometimes it'd be all night you know um, the way he took his first trip to asia uh, was he um, was was meeting a gentleman that he was to travel with for the duration of his you know until god told them that that whatever was next, but uh, he and this gentleman traveled together, I know, for about 15 or 20 years, Howard Carter. And this is how Dr. Summerall, if you read any of his books or listen to his teachings, very, very thorough. I mean, there's no subject in the Bible he isn't well-versed on. And it came from Dr. Carter. Dr. Carter uh, ran a Bible school in England. And he was very, very uh, well educated, uh, but Dr. Carter was known to operate so fluently in the word of knowledge that he knew everything that was happening, you know, the minute it was happening, like when Lester Summerall was supposed to meet him, um, he had run into him, he met him, I'm trying to think where he met him, uh, might have been on the west coast of, of the United States. And uh, Dr. Summerall talked to 
to Howard Carter and he told him, I will go where you tell me to go. I will do what you tell me to do, yada, 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 yada. And Dr. Carter said, oh, you're the one I've been waiting for. He said, God told me we were going to meet like this and you were going to say those exact words. In fact, he had written them down already. And Lester Summerall got to read exactly what and he said. I've never said anything like that to anybody in my life. You know what I'm saying? And that was how their association began. And Dr. Howard Carter said, well, I will meet you in so-and-so. And he got on his boat and left Lester right there. And so Lester realized he had to find his own way to get where God wanted him to go and do it by faith. And so he was, I think he was in, um, I think he was in Australia and he was out of money. He had just preached at a church. They didn't give him an offering. The pastor said, well, we know you're rich. took him to his hotel and so he told the lord he said lord i'm not leaving this money in this room until you get me the money for my next place that i need to go and he prayed all night long and uh he said he wasn't going to eat anything he wasn't going to drink anything until god answered and by morning uh, there was a knock on his door and a man came in and said i know you don't need the money because you're rich See how the devil starts lies about people, but he spreads them to everybody. He said, but I couldn't sleep last night. He said, the one thing I do know you don't know how to do, you don't know that you need a reservation for this train or this boat, whatever he was waiting for. He said, you don't know the system, so that's why I bought you this ticket. And so the man had a ticket, had his registration, had everything for him. And that's how Brother Summerall got to the next place that he met Howard Carter at. And he said he he went to several places and asked if anybody knew Howard Carter. And they told him no. And uh, he said that the third place he went to, the guy told him, he said, Oh, you're, Dr. Sum- you're Lester Summerall. He said, Howard Carter told me you were going to be here. And so that's how they got communicated. Uh, uh, Howard Carter faithfully operated. God would just reveal to him how things were going to go. He never worried about anything. He never stressed about anything. He just sought God. And God revealed to him all the details of things that needed to be done in his life. And so that's the kind of person that Lester Summerall was exposed to for all of those years that he traveled. And Lester was not an educated man, but he asked God for someone who would give him education. And that's how uh, that all came about. And if you see any of uh, Brother Summerall always uh, made syllabuses of all of his teachings and would print them out. And people people in his church loved that about his church. They could sit, they could listen, take notes, learn. Everything was spread out so they, they could understand as a man of great understanding in God's word. But his ministry in the Philippines began when uh, he turned on the news he hadn't seen the news in a long time his wife and his children were there with him and he said for the longest time they had a building uh, but he couldn't fill it up he said he every time they met it was just his wife and his three sons sitting there on the front pew and and nothing was moving and uh, he said he turned on the news one night and he heard about a girl who said uh, she was on there screaming she was in prison and uh, she was being bitten. She said, they're biting me. 
and they showed some really bad bruises on her and they said she was being being bitten by some entities in, invisible beings that nobody could see but she was being tormented and brother Sumrall uh, felt compassion for her and he said lord nobody can help this girl because people who had come into her jail cell she was a practicing witch her mother had been a witch and uh, she was a street prostitute and they picked her up for prostitution and uh, she was in the jail and one of the jailers was was rough with her and she told him you're going to die and two days later he dropped dead of a heart attack so there were people that were dropping dead around her uh, because these demons had so controlled her you know and so brother Sumrall again prayed all night long and he found out that he could get in to go pray for her. He said, the Lord told him to go pray for this girl. And he said, if you don't go, nobody else can do it. And over and over and over again, Brother Summerall got that message. If you don't do it, there's nobody else. You got me? And so, so often we think in terms of our own comfort so much. We just, you know, shrug things off that God tells us to do or not sure he wants us to do it. And we never check back to see and make sure that of the assignment or whatever. And we just think about ourselves all the time. And so he was able to go to that prison, cast the devil out of that girl, and she was totally free. And they were afraid to let him in. They said everybody that's went in to try to help her has died. And they 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 expected him to die too. So they said there's an American here. He's going to go in there and get killed like everybody else. And they had all kinds of press people there from around the world taking pictures. It was a big deal in that country. And um, from that, he got very, very famous in the Philippines. That church, he couldn't build a church big enough, fast enough to hold all the people that wanted to come to to find God. And that's what they did when they got there. They found the Lord. And so he was very, very strong in that and strong in authority over the enemy and strong in living the life of faith that only God wanted him to live but faith is like that it it is complete it 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 does everything we need it to do if we can just seek God and find out his will for us and find out uh and stay on his his schedule in our lives. Just stay current with God and what he wants us to do. Everything will run so smoothly for us. But God does need people who are willing to to do something besides what they want done. Amen. And, and speak about things that uh, besides what the, what they're concerned about and, and to step out and do things for him. Now, Brother Sumrall was a minister. He's called uh, an, as an apostle, really. He, he just called himself Brother Sumrall. He didn't hang titles on himself. You know, he just, he got education. Of course, they called him doctor, but he always responded to Brother Sumrall. But uh, he, he, it was his job to work full time for God. But 
even if it's not your job to work full time for God, as you, as a believer, there are things that we can devote ourselves to that God will honor. Amen. And, and He will take you beyond the area or the level that you ever thought you could live, uh, just by being responsible to Him and, and, and responding to Him, uh, in the right way. So God wants us to live this life of faith. Amen. It graces us to live in heaven's reality. Heaven's reality is righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. Heaven's reality is having connection with God at all times. That's part of our righteousness. Because as a righteous person, you're not trying to hide from God. You're not uh, trying to, to avoid Him or not wanting to know what He wants you to do. You want to be obedient to God. You want to keep that righteous connection with Him where you have right standing with Him at all times. And so when you stand that way before God, then you always have an opportunity to um, expect good things for yourself. Instead of wondering uh, when you're going to have this or wondering if this is for you or living in that little gray area all the time. If you live in heaven's reality, you live in a constant expectation of good, a constant expectation of continual supply, a constant expectation of everything working well for you. You know, it, it's a good thing uh, to live that way. You know, I, I was taking a shower this morning and I was I thought I said I I was almost about to uh to to slip because I was you know just trying to do more than one thing at one time and so and I know I'm conscious about taking my time, making sure I don't, you know, who wants to have a slip and fall at my age? You know, you fall and can't get up kind of nonsense. Not that I have brittle bones or anything like that, but I've noticed over the years I'm a little more cautious because you just want to keep from injuring yourself. And I noticed that it seems every time I would think, you know, something's in the way or would have slept, slipped over that, uh, I get, I get, corrected on my feet again like I'm upright again and so I noticed today in the shower I said Lord is there an angel in the shower with me I laughed about it because there is it's like oh Lord there's an angel in here wait me get out of here angel no you don't you stay right in here but God has uh you know he has that for you I said how are they going to hold you up you get held up in the shower you get held up when you walk into your kitchen you down the steps everywhere you have assistance and you have help and and so it's just a good thing to know how much god cares for us every single thing you know you're never on your own never by yourself you're never without help or without aid or without assistance all of the things you need and expect good things so fast your head will spin. God's telling us in Amos 9.13, expect this. This is part of your inheritance. This is part of your blessing package that he gives to his children. And so expect angelic help. Psalm 91 says they will hold you up, that you not even hit your foot against a stone. You won't even kick something the wrong way or put, you know hurt your toe trying to get across the, the bedroom floor you know in the dark uh, God has angelic help for us at all times and, and, and that's always a good thing so this is heaven's reality 
where we expect good all the time. Don't ever plan for anything bad or what if this doesn't or what if that doesn't or what if this. You have too many what ifs. You just leave that alone. You understand what I'm saying? And wait for God to speak clearly to you. That is something that he wants you to do. Because when he wants you to do it, you have the assurance that it will work out well. Amen. Because he does all things well. Not, he never messes anything up. And so when we, we understand that about God and heaven's reality, then we can do the things we know to do. So faith graces us to live in heaven's reality. When we walk by faith, we walk with God in his realm. He's not walking down here in ours. We're walking with him in his. Big difference. When when we're walking with him in his realm, then we have access to everything that heaven has. Everything that heaven possesses belongs to us. And just simple faith in God will have you in that place where you can draw from the reality of heaven and allow heaven to manifest down here on earth. It's a wonderful, wonderful feeling. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But we have to be there by faith. You have to be mindful of the fact that God is there with you and he's there to help you and also to lead you and to guide you into nothing but good things. So, so in, in part of, part of heaven's reality is that God enables us and entitles us to speak as he speaks because we have his faith working in us. So part of the, the heaven's reality is for us to have expectation of good because God only gives us good. Every good and perfect gift is from him. And there's no shadow of turning in him. He doesn't all of a sudden give us bad stuff. And we have to adjust to it. It's only good. And and then he, we also have to allow for this faith to dominate our lives. Amen. It's, it's not good to go to God here and there just in an emergency. And then leave him out, shut the door in his face when you want to do your own thing. Then when something starts going haywire, you all of a sudden call on him. He wants us to be led by him. See, a lot of times people don't know the peace and the comfort of being led by the Spirit of God. And and have that continual access in your life where everything is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's lots of joy for us. You know, we don't ever have to be fearful. We don't ever have to be concerned. Is this going to work out? Is it not going to work out? God always gives you assurance. You know, if you let him, if you talk to him about things, you will get assurance from him when it's the right thing for you. Amen. And it won't be any what if this doesn't work out? We got a plan B or plan A or, you know, all this kind of stuff. You just want to have that peace within. And then you'll know, God, you've given me peace up to this point. I believe you're with me and I believe you're going to see me through to the end. You know, no upsets, no plan B, no plan A, you know, no plan anything like that. It's, it's just going to be what it's going to be. I remember praying with someone many years ago. 
and they had just moved into their their new home and um God told me to come into he said come into agreement with me that that you see their mortgage paid off amen and that's been like 25 30 years ago they've never missed a payment you see what I'm saying? See, God sees all that. He sees the end at the beginning. And it doesn't matter what kind of upsets come in between, uh, what kind of, uh, challenges come. Once He tells you He's gonna do something, it'll get done. You understand what I'm saying? It, it will get done. And so these things are important to know about uh, heaven's reality. God sees all your bills paid. No delinquencies, no, no shut off notices, no anything like that. He sees them all paid in full all the time. Amen. And so once you, once you understand heaven's reality, there's no debts. Nobody owes anybody anything. Everybody's, you know, the way they need to be. <laughs> nothing missing, nothing broken in peace. That, that's heaven's reality. Amen. And, and once we, we understand what we're shooting for, then we'll know when God's involved and when he's not involved. You know? Uh, so it's a good thing to understand the, of heaven's reality. So in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, if you'll go there, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So we say, we, we've already declared that faith graces us to live this way. You gotta live this way. You gotta live this way by believing what you read in the Bible. When you believe what you read in the Word of God, you begin to take on the life of living in heaven's reality, the life of faith. So, <clears throat> we always hope for the things of, of God to manifest in the earth, in our lives. So when we pray God's promises, we draw ourselves into God's realm and we deal with earth, with with heaven as a home base. So it's you position yourself in heavenly places with God by faith in his word. So when 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 the word of God tells you you're healed, you accept that you are healed and you begin to run your life from the position of a healed person, not from a sick person. And so once you understand that, that your home base is heaven, heaven has no sick people in it. So you cannot claim sickness and health at the same time. You've, you've got to work from the home base of heaven. If you work from heaven as a home base, then you will have all of heaven's provision available to you. If you work from earth as a home base, all you get to deal with is earth stuff. So if if you're relying, I'm not talking about an interim thing. I'm talking about your reliance. Where's your home base? If your home base is earth, you're relying on earth's resources for your livelihood. For your job, for your home, for your whatever it is, you're still relying on earth's resources. If heaven is your home base, then you're living in earth, but you have heaven's resources available to you. So you have the word of God for your health. Amen. 
even though you may take, say for instance, if you, you take a headache pill, you know, uh, you know, you, you spoke the word over it, maybe you didn't do it with enough intensity, or maybe you didn't expect it to come to pass, or whatever, but now the headache got away from you, it's really bugging you, you decide to take a pill for that. You're, you're still relying on heaven, heaven's still your home base. But you, you take an, an earth remedy just for the temporary symptom that, that is there as a, as a, uh, a bother to you or as a nuisance to you. Now, I remember, uh, talking to, I think I forget who it was, um, oh shoot, we were going, uh, at conference and it was, it was, you know, flu season, stuffy nose season kind of stuff. And and so uh, it was somebody who was in my room with me. I'm not going to indict myself or anybody else. But they said, do you have some sinus pills? I said, no, I'm going to pray for you. And I just went over and touched their head and zapped. The thing was gone. You know what I'm saying? And so so you can substitute like that, you know. And I said, no, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> and so that took care of it. You know, you see. And so there are times when we, we can say, just habitually do things a different way. And then heaven will interrupt us and come in there and say, nope, I got a better way for you. And, and this is, this is how we get acclimated to heaven. You know, now you don't condemn people because they, you know, I could take a sinus pill sometime myself, you know, if it's, not feeling well. So you don't condemn each other for that. But there's times when, you know, maybe we need to say, hey God, you know what? Maybe I do need prayer instead of, or a stand on the word and you'll remove this for me right away. So God is always drawing us back to the home base of heaven. See, he's, he's always got that door open for us to go into the home base where all of the provision of the covenant is there for us, where everything is righteousness, peace, and joy. Everything works. Uh, everything's uh, pleasant. You have wholeness and soundness and everything good. And so God wants us. Sometimes he just wants us to know it's a matter of choice, how easy it is to choose heaven's remedy for things. And then when it comes in, you think to yourself, oh, my goodness, I totally forgot I could ask God to do so and so and such and such or I could pray or use a word or whatever and so he's constantly drawing us back into his realm see he he just just it's just that way the bible says the kingdom of God uh, 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 you know men go in and out and find uh, fellowship they find uh, they sup in, in other words they go in and out and find nourishment food and fellowship and that's just the way it is we don't we don't just live in heaven all the time we'd love to but there are some times where we're you know we we have the earth realm but heaven becomes your base of operation you got to put that as your home base uh, that's where you draw everything from. You know, just like your house that you live in, everything you have in there is comfortable to you. It's the way you like it. Amen. And, and you can go in your house, you can go fix you a meal, you can 
take a bath, you can go to bed, you can put your feet up, you can, you know, turn on a little television or put on some music, whatever it is that you want to do, because it has everything you need to have a comfortable life. And it's the way heaven is for us. Heaven has everything we need to live the supernatural life. And so God wants us to use that as our home. Recognize heaven is your home. That's where you draw from. You draw your information. You draw your strength, your wisdom, your power, knowledge, everything you need. You draw it from heaven. You're not interested in this. This thing is going to go away. This is an illusion down here. This is the devil's put-togethers. Amen. The devil always has broke furniture, mismatched furniture, you know, things that don't coordinate together, you know. Or you can go buy something brand new and thought it was going to fit right in your house and get it in there and it just don't work. You know what? That's the earth realm. Amen. That's earth realm. And so we, we have to understand that God always has, he can go up, he bring us up into a higher place. Uh, when we take heaven as our base of operation. So if heaven's your base of operation, we say that heaven has a way of speaking about things. It just does. It calls those things that be not as though they are. So even though it's not manifest yet in the earth realm, heaven talks about it as though it is. Because as far as heaven is concerned, it is there. It's just got to make a little move. That's all. Heaven stuff is very, very real. It's it's perceived by us. Even though we live, we're in the earth but not of it. Amen. We're of heaven. And heaven is our normal atmosphere and domain. And we're down here in the earth to do work for God. Amen. It's it's a, a we're on loan here. Amen. Until he takes us home, we're on loan here. But we totally belong to heaven. The Holy Spirit, because he dwells in us, we're sealed for heaven. You know, we're not going no place else. Amen. It's like, um, I, when I would, I purchase things sometimes online and they send you tracking information. Amen. So that package, even though it's not in your house yet, you know it's real because they're tracking it. They don't track stuff that ain't real. Amen. And that's the way it is with, with God, with us, with our faith. Faith tells you things are real. Heaven is real. Your riches are in glory and that's real. And, and your job is to understand how to get them down here where they can do good for humanity. Get them to manifest uh, doing good for humanity. Just getting stuff that earth has is not good enough for God. He wants to give you his stuff that he has for you. Amen. Because it's got his tracking information on it. Amen. One thing I know about God's stuff is never less than what we expect. It's always exceeding abundantly. That's his stamp. See, that's his stamp of approval on things. It's always more than what we can ask or think. Amen? Always. And so God always wants us to just just always know your Father sent it to you from heaven. You know, this is what I had set aside for you. So it's, it's not just got earth markings on it. It's got heaven markings on it too. 
And you know that God gave it to you. Because look at here. I didn't even expect this on here. And look what I got. This is extra. I wasn't even praying for this. You know, extra to be on this car. But, but it's on here. You know, I wasn't thinking about this, that, or the other. And here it is. And that's the way God always does things. He lets you know your father sent it to you. And that's how he knows. So always expect that. Don't ever let stuff just come into your life and it's less than what you wanted and you accept it. He doesn't want us to have acceptable living. He wants us to have exceeding great and precious things in our life. That's his calling card. That's not what you you make up and say that's God. That idea didn't originate with us. It originated with God. That's not you just making up stuff and trying to pull it in because you think you're supposed to have the best of everything and all that nonsense the devil will tell you. God told you he was going to do exceeding, but he was going to blow your mind beyond what you can ask or think. That's his, his idea. It's not ours. And so we need to start matching up our, our understanding of, of things that, that come into our life with what heaven has. Amen. Heaven wants us to be able to prosper. That means nonstop blessings. Everywhere we look, blessings. Don't quit looking for blessings. See, where we, where we fail sometimes is that we start thinking and fearing and wondering. And then what your faith starts to just get in neutral or go in reverse and you start seeing things happen that aren't right and, and then you expect more of it. You're supposed to look for blessings. Amen. Just, you know, every morning when you get up, before you get out the bed, you thank God. God, I thank you that you woke me up this morning. I thank you for strength for today. I thank you that I'm going to get up and look on my front porch and find a blessing. I'm going to look in my kitchen and find a blessing. I'm going to look at wherever you want to look, you're going to find a blessing. You don't get up and with a cloud over you wondering. Begin to call it. Call those things that be not as though they are. God, my blessing is here. I know it's here. Amen. I can feel my blessing. It's here. You say it's here and I believe it's here. So I'm going to go out and expect it. It's here. Amen. I got a check in in the mail the other day for $12. You know, I mean, (laughs) no, that's right. (laughs) And it wasn't the amount because I want to add some zeros. You know, the girl, she got, oh yeah, thank you, Jesus. Where the rest of it? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But, but just out of nowhere. I don't even know how them people knew who I was. I haven't been in that store and I don't know when. I don't buy no office products. You understand what I'm saying? And it just came to me at my new address where I am now. I said, oh, Lord, money is finding me. It's finding me. It's looking for me. Here I am. (laughs) Get my address right. Yeah, the installment, the down payment, the rest is coming. God's never done blessing us, folks. Uh, people, some people say, well, she ought to be satisfied. They did agree. No, it ain't. That's my dad talking to me. I'm calling things that be not as though they are. You got this much here, the rest of it's coming. Multiply, increase. Thank you. You know, just do what you got to do. But I'm thankful good money is finding me at my new address. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? 
<laughs> so, so praise God. And God is good. Amen. So God enables us. In fact, we are entitled to speak as God speaks. Because we have his faith working in us and we have his word working in us. So we can only speak what we know and what we hear. What do you hear God saying to you on the inside of you? What do you hear him saying to you when you read his word? Then you have to speak that, that which you know he He has ordained for you. So we have to allow this faith to dominate our lives. Amen. The more you can include uh, in your life of faith, the, the more you can please God, the more you can live the way heaven wants you to live, it's just better for us. So we always hope for the glory of God to manifest down here on earth. That's, that's what Hebrews 11.1 1, or Hebrews wants us to understand about faith. That we want his glory or his goodness to manifest down here on earth. Glory just means whatever it is God has stored up for us. So if it's a new vehicle, that's his glory coming coming into your life. The glory of God has caused that to manifest for you. So his promises, when when we pray, God's promises, we draw ourselves into his realm and we deal with earth is we deal with earth with heaven as a home base. So you're pulling from heaven's resources. You're not looking at what down, what's down here on earth. You're looking to replace what's down here on earth with what heaven has for you. So we have a perception of everything we desire to be present in the now. That's what faith allows you to do. It allows you to have the, the sense or the knowledge or the perception that everything that you need for life is present with you right now. That's what it means when, when, when Hebrews says faith is the substance of things hoped for. If something has substance, you can feel it. It's present with you right now. Amen. Uh, in some form. Just like if, if you, you ordered a vehicle and they say, well, it's, it's, we've got to get it from the factory. We don't have it in stock. And they give you a receipt or they, you know, you put a down payment or whatever your transaction is. That's your faith in the fact that they have that vehicle for you and it's on the way. The same thing with our believing God. Call those things that be not as though they are. Faith is our deposit. It's our substance transaction. Now, just with with buying a car from somebody and them ordering it, nobody can tell you that car isn't coming. Because you've done a transaction already. You put your money down. They told you they ordered it for you, yada, yada. So you expect it to come when they say it's supposed to get here. It's the same thing with faith. Faith is our substance. It tells us that thing is real. You're not, it's not a if or maybe or a guess. If you're still in that realm about anything, whether it be healing, whether whatever it is, you need to get more over in the word and strengthen your resolve that that thing is there for you. That God really has it there for you. Now, when you're dealing with human things or natural things, of course, you you see a bunch of cars in there. They just don't have the one you want. 
It's the same thing with faith. Faith can give you a perception. You ever pray for something and you feel like, oh, it's coming soon. It's, it's right here. You, you get that, that sense. That's faith telling you it's real. It's out in glory. But you, you know, you think it's man, it's here right now. But when it, say for instance, if it, if it goes a few weeks and it doesn't show up, then we don't understand not to get discouraged about it. Well, I thought it was coming. I thought it, I thought it, thought you, we kind of get into that discouragement mode about it. But really, all you gotta do is get back in faith again. And you'll get that same sense that it's there. And it's real. And you're satisfied with, with what you have. It's just that there are times when we move more into the home base and move farther away from home base. Amen. You get what I'm saying? Like you'll come out and you, you say you're, you want to trade that old car in for a new one. And you'll start looking at your old car. Don't look at it too long because you get mad at it. And then you, you, you lose your, your footing in heaven where you felt good about the one that's coming and you were satisfied. I can drive this clunker for years. I don't care how long I have to drive this thing because I know my dream car is coming. Amen. And so it's just, and that's heaven's attitude about everything that we are satisfied and content at all times. Grumbling won't get it here faster. Amen. And grumbling won't get you anything from God. You just gotta, gotta stay constant and stay believing and stay focused on the fact that God has this thing for you and, and that He wants, wants it for you. Amen. Many times God has to remind me to, that it's time for me to do certain things or it's time for me to have certain things. You know, I'm one of these people that I can, cannot deal with the natural for a long time. You know, and then when I have to, I, you know, anybody can tell you, I just got new furniture after 30 years of the same furniture. You know what I'm saying? I just don't buy stuff that I, I got a whole lot more things I'm interested in spending money on. You know, then house beautification, nothing wrong with it. For people who like that and you have that energy, Go at it. You know, whatever makes you feel joy, whatever makes you feel happy, you know, go for it. But sometimes God has to remind me, now you said you wanted to get this finished. You still got to work on this. You still got to do this. You still, you know, as far as my natural surroundings are concerned. And so I was very, very thankful God helped me to to plow through and get everything accomplished, you know, recently. Because it's been tough with people with COVID and you can't get workers out. And when you do, they, you know, you wish you hadn't, all that kind of stuff. So God found me some, some good, consistent workers and I was able to get things accomplished. But I was just as content to see it. You know, just have it undone for a season, though I know it's coming. Uh, I, I lean into patience about things. You know, I'm totally different than I used to be about some things like that. I used to couldn't, couldn't rest, had to bug somebody, had to make sure they were working on this and working on that. You know, I've, I've learned how to chill in God and let him lead the way and let him show me uh, what he has for me. You know, right now I hadn't sit, sat in a living room 
I, you know, I, I had my office, I had my bedroom, that's how it was set up. In the kitchen, of course, you gotta be close to the kitchen. And so, so that's why I went from a, the bedroom, the kitchen, to the office, bedroom, and And I never sat in the living room, it wasn't interesting to me. So now I got a living room, and I said, Look, I got another room here. It's got this in it and that in it and, you know, all this. I still don't go in there, you know. <laughs> it's nice if you ever have people that's living room interested. I have one. And I have new furniture in there. And you push a button and the feet stick out. I said, well, I'm going to be flipped up like a pretzel. I don't even touch that stuff. I let somebody, unless I have somebody in the house with me. I said, if I get flipped up in this thing, <laughs> you can come get me. <laughs> But but I've learned to prioritize things, and I find that this way everything gets done. Amen. And I don't have to stress, sweat, you know, anything like that. I can I can do do what God wants me to do and enjoy what I have. Now it's not that I don't enjoy it. It's not I'm not just doing stuff because God makes me do it, and I don't want to do it. It's not about that. I enjoy it, but I'm not wrapped up in it. I'm not hung up in it, and I'm not upset if it's, you know, not finished yet. <laughs> Something's always in the works. So, anyway, but God is good, and and I've learned with him to let him take the lead and let him show me what belongs to me. That's the best life, I think, because I'm not always striving for things or trying to make stuff happen or wondering what's going to happen at this turn or that turn. It's pretty much... You know, stress free and planned out and good. Everything's done excellently and, and with excellence. So, so when we, we live by faith though, we have a perception of everything we desire is present in the now. When you get in the realm of the spirit, you don't have any lack. You don't like, I wish I had this or where is that or when am I gonna, there's none of that. There's none of that questioning. There's none of that longing for, you don't perceive lack. You know, like something's missing. Wonder when. Uh, none of that occurs to you when you're in the realm of the spirit. When you step out and you get in the flesh, that's where the wondering is. That's where the fear is. That's where the challenge is and and so you know just just run back to dad run back to father run back to god run back to jesus run into the word run into the spirit where there's nothing but righteousness peace and joy now some people get excited when there's problems i don't even live like that anymore i used to live jumpy and nervous and upset and and, and that kind of stuff I learned how to, to grab onto peace and that, like, like people say, hold your peace. That's a real thing. Learn how to hold, and I don't mean like shut up and don't say anything, but hold on to the peace that God gives you. That's His handshake to tell you, I got this. It's on the way. If you'll just keep believing me, you'll get it real soon. Amen. Read your Amos nine thirteen. Why you why you why are you uh, worrying? I said it won't be long now, and I mean that. See, <laughs> and so once we bring ourselves back in there, so I just read that scripture. Now how come I'm back worrying again? It won't be long now. When's it coming? It won't be long. Amen. And and this is what we have to declare. This is what heaven has given us to declare. 
to help us to to not lose heart, to not faint, to not lose hope, to not lose our position of faith. So so we 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 can we can have that perception that everything we desire is present in the now. That's what the realm of glory provides for us. It's everything's here already. It's present right now. Faith is now. Faith means I know I have it now. You're not waiting on God to give you anything. You're not waiting on your healing, so to speak. You're not waiting on your your finances. You're not waiting on anything. You have it all now. There's a need to start believing that and quit looking around for everything. Amen. You're not going to get no more than what you got. <laughs> so learn how to start believing it. You have everything that pertains to life and godliness. Amen. What more do you need? That takes care of every need that a human can have. The godliness part is the best part. That's where you can can live a life of ease, even though your surroundings say you need to be nervous. Or your surroundings say it's not going to happen. Or your surroundings say, where is it? Amen? As long as you live by faith, you can live a life that says, I have it all right now. Amen. So the godly, godly part of that is what we need to sustain us much more than the things. Amen. Things come and go. But the godliness, we can, we can enjoy that all the time. Amen. So we and visit, we can visit God's realm through prayer, through worship, or praise, study of the word, meditating on the word, so there's a connection to God uh, in a lot of areas of our lives where we connect to him immediately. We can get to him right away. See, that's your pathway into the realm of glory. So when you lift up your hands and say, Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Father. I bless you. Praise you. Thank you, Lord. You're so glorious and kind. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy that endures forever. You can reach out and touch him anytime you want to. You can get out of this rat race that we live in sometimes and just chill and enjoy the presence of God. Amen. So whatever your your little point of contact is, sometimes it's just reflecting on his goodness and looking around you and and knowing that that um, God is 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 just so present. This really is so present. You know, keep your surroundings uh, with memories of his goodness to you. Things that, that you can reflect on and, and have a good memory toward God. And, and uh, I was never a collector, you know, uh, throughout my life. And when I we developed the ministry, uh, uh, I started collecting lighthouses because that's a symbol of the ministry. And I thought, but it's like every place in my house now, there's a lighthouse. It reminds me of the goodness of God. See, it reminds me of that, that person that, you know, wasn't sure she would live from day to day and how God's brought me there. I have a tribute wall in my kitchen 
you know, this is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. Everything that's happened in my life is the Lord's doing and I marvel at it myself. Amen. It's a miracle. Amen. Not just where I'm living now, but, but, and it's not just something to say, but I am somebody that I marvel at because God's done something in my life. Amen. He has done it and continues to do it. And so it, it is something to marvel at. Amen. So faith makes what uh, is at a distance appear near. It brings it near to us. The blood is what entitles you to use your faith. So anything the blood brings is drawn. It causes you, heaven, to draw near to you. Amen? So once we, we connect with God, however you do, worship, prayer, praise, reading your Bible, meditating on the word, you can sense that you already have what you ask for. There's That's always a good feeling there. It's the knowing. It's the reality that faith brings. It's the substance of faith that brings that thing close to you. That you know that you know that you know. And, and God wants us to live like this because once he empties our hands of all of our concerns and worries and woes, then what's left is to work for him, is to serve him. Amen? It's kind of interesting. I was listening to somebody talk. I think it was Dean Braxton, the guy that went to heaven. He's It's been about 10 or 15 years ago, but he still uh, visits and talks and shares his heaven experience God told him to. Uh, and he's written a book on worship. I think he calls it Deep Worship. And he was saying, he said, you know, when, when we started, uh, you know, like 30, 40, 50 years ago, started really focusing on uh, uh, spiritual worship of God. You know, people started to bring the Psalms out and sing the Psalms, and we found God showed up in response to it. And he said, but most people focus on Old Testament words for praise and worship. You know, now we've all been through that teaching. You know, you see all different words, and they're mostly Hebrew words. And he said, but the New Testament words for worship all refer to the effort that you put forth to get to God. And he said that one of the words for worship really had to do with service. Like anything you do moving toward God is worship. And it's serving God with your arms and serving him with your hand clap where you put the hand down. He said just the effort that you're doing to make toward God, he considers worship. It's totally different than what the Hebrew, you know, of course, Old Testament, everything's in the natural, you know. But here in the in the New Covenant, it's a spiritual, and it's the intent of your heart. When Jesus says those who worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth, and you know how we puzzled over that scripture and tried to figure it out. And then we thought, oh, I'll never figure it out. I just take it <laughs> for what it is kind of thing. And that's what he means. Worship by spirit and in truth means that the truth of what you're doing is evident to God. The fact that you want to worship him is worship to him. The fact that you're moving toward him 
to him is worship and service and sacrifice. So he sees our intent and honors our intent. That's what the Amos 9.13 blessing is all about. See, if he blesses you before you even sow your seed, he's blessing your intent. He's not blessing your actions. Because he knows actions will follow your intent. Because he knows he can trust you. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? You know, it's for faithful people. You know what I'm saying. Most of the promises in the Bible are for faithful people. They're not for hit and miss people or people that, you know, just are interested in stuff and not in God. He he puts stuff, he dangles stuff in front of us so that we'll come to him for it. He gets it out of reach. He, you know, stuff we used to just get up and do or you could just go by and didn't have to pray about it. And then all of a sudden one day you can't just get up and do stuff. He put it out of reach so you can come to him for it this time instead of getting so comfortable doing it on your own. I mean, he loves us that much. Because if we come to him for it, it's going to be better. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? He wants, your father wants to hear from you. <laughs> letter from home answer him amen he wants to talk to you that's all there is to it he's not withholding any good thing for us if we walk upright before him but the upright walking is for good good for us see it's it's no good you can't enjoy this life just being in it for the things and and what you think God wants to do for you and getting on to the next thing that he's going to do. You can't enjoy this life like that. You have to have fellowship with him. You got to check in, you know. So this faith, the faith of the Son of God, God's faith, gives us a knowing that we are seeking, that what we are seeking is real. It belongs to us. And it will come to pass for us. So faith does all of those things for you. It's not just, I believe I receive it when I pray, and you just go on reciting that. There is a substance to faith that is real. It can be perceived. And we've got to embrace his word until it makes it real to us like that, or it will never manifest down here on earth. There's so many people running around claiming things, uh, accepting things and, and getting prophecies and yeah, God prophet, they prophesied to me I was going to do it so and so and you never do it. You know, uh, what happened to that? Was that real? Was that from God or was that not? See, and so there is a reality that faith brings to us that Number one, what what you're praying for, what you have asked God for, you really have it. There's substance to it. It's rock solid. It won't move. You can't get rid of it. You can't talk yourself out of it because it will talk to you because it's real. You know, sometimes you'll, you'll just get reminders. What about so-and-so? You haven't thanked me for that in a while. You understand what I'm saying? You get reminders from God. Why? Because if you've received anything by faith, it's still in your spirit. It's still collectible. You can still cash it in. Amen? It's never too late to cash in what you've received by faith. 
You just have to believe that. Sometimes we get a little lax in our believing or we get a little lax or we get distracted on to the next new shiny thing. If there's one thing the body of Christ needs to get rid of, it's that attitude of, you know, moving on for the next new thing instead of getting stable. You know, uh, any animal that, that gets fed wants to live where they get fed. You know, you just want to put down stakes there and, and get planted so you can always be fed. That ain't true in the body of Christ. People move from place to place and roam around and get a snatch here and a bite there and, you know, and they like it like that. Why? Because they don't know any better. And they think they're, they're in control because they don't like to commit. People would, would die before they'd serve. Some of them. They want to think of themselves as, you know, servant though we're no longer servants we're friends are you kidding me you see how jesus lived and he said take up your cross and follow me where's your cross if you're not a servant you mean you think you don't have to serve anybody and see people like that never reach their potential in god great potential and they know they have potential and they know something's wrong they know there's a glitch somewhere because they should have had everything that they were believing God for 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. But they refuse the portion that's essential. Hey Amen. You could do the whole covenant. You can't pick and choose. Everybody would pick and choose candy if you gave them a menu. You told your kids you can have anything on the menu whenever you want it. Where's the desserts? <laughs> Let's get to the good stuff. I want nothing green. Amen. Yeah, because it's it's just what what people like, you know, what's pleasing to them. And so we we need to understand that about God. His, this is a life of discipline. It's not it doesn't come cheap. It's it comes at a price. There's there's things you have to relinquish and let go of. You can't control. You you can't Call the shots all the time. You don't want to. You don't know what to call. You'd be then called down trouble on yourself. Amen? When Jesus, the disciples asked Jesus, they said, should we call fire down from heaven? He said, you don't even know what kind of spirit you're of. Try to call him down something. You better get acquainted with who you are first. Amen? When they started facing persecution from the religious crowd, they couldn't call down nothing from nowhere. They had to get to running. Amen. <laughs> you, you run, you get to, to die another day. Amen. You live, you live today and you <laughs> die another day. Amen. So, so, uh, so if, if we don't have the substance of faith in what we hope for, now the thing that you're hoping for is the prize. And we have many hopes in God. You don't just pin your hopes on one thing. We have many hopes in God. You know, your, your hopes for, for your peace of mind, for your personal situation, your personal space, uh, things that you, you need for you personally, then your family, it, it stretches out from that. Then your neighborhood, your coworkers, things like that. So, so these are the things God wants us uh, to engage in. And, and so we, we have many, many hopes 
You know, you hope for your neighbor uh, to be healed of cancer. You hope for your your uh, your city that you live in to prosper and and not have to charge so much for the city services or things to improve here and there. So there are many things to use your faith for. But until you engage your faith in God's word, you're merely imagining or fantasizing about things. And see, people can live off imagination and fantasy a long time and get excited about, you know, oh, God told me I'm going to do this and that, you know, and they get real excited about it. And, you know, and then pretty soon, you know, and, and see, one of the things that that'll keep you in check when you start getting excited about something God tells you he's going to do, the saints will always remind you, you waiting on something. Amen. You said God was going ahead. Did you get that yet? Did you get they always want to check and see how your faith is doing? And they never have a testimony of their own, but they want to check on you to see if you got what you believe in God for yet. Huh? Yeah, I had it when I told you I had it. Amen? I've still got it. Well, when is it coming? You know what? I'm not concerned about when. Because if you got something, you don't care about when you got it already. Amen? Amen. And so these are the things that, that we contend with when we deal with the supernatural of God. Amen? So, so the substance of faith lets you know you're anchored to something. Whatever you're believing is real. It's not just your imagination and you're not living in the, the illusion and the excitement of something good gonna happen to you and that's as far as it goes. When faith in God is involved, it's stable, it's substantial, it's rock solid, it's immovable, it's not going anywhere, and you will be content until it totally manifests. You have no problem waiting for the natural to catch up with what you perceive already in the spirit. Faith gives us a knowing that what we are seeking is real, and it belongs to us. Nobody can steal it. Nobody can take it away from us, cheat us out of it. Amen? Anything like that. So it belongs to us, and it will come to pass for us just the way God said it would. Amen. So there are times when we would need to seek God for a timetable. Might be times where you need to seek him for circumstances. That what's going to have to transpire before I can receive what it is that I have. Amen. That, 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 that we have already said is mine. So faith gives us a knowing of the reality of what we are seeking. And it will come to pass for us without fail. Faith really is trust. You know, you're trusting that God has this for you and that it's on the way. So if you trust in God, then your faith is enough. Amen? Your faith is tangible evidence. Your faith is enough. If if you really put your trust in God, then then you don't need 15 confirmations. You don't need somebody else ringing your doorbell and telling you it's it's in the mail or something like that. You don't need any tracking information. Uh, you just need to trust in what you perceive in your spirit. Faith is a spiritual thing. 
So anything you're asking God for, believing God for, it should be, number one, you should have a scripture to stand on. Because if you're not standing on God's word for things, you're just getting them in the natural and you're you're taking God along for the ride. You don't want to live like that because God ain't no ride along. See, he, one day he'll just refuse to go, you know, and then you'll be out there by yourself. Amen. So, so you need to have scripture that you're standing on. When you're, when you getting something from God, get his word. Go to the word first and find out that that's what he wants for you. Amen. I don't care how many times you've done it over and over and over again. You need, he's in charge. Period. You know, he maybe just didn't hold you to that, but he's in charge. He can stop your little playground whenever he wants to. You know, I mean, if he's, there's something that's, that really he would prefer you invest in and stop leaving, stop, stop, uh, living the way you've been living, you know, whether it's time, resources, or whatever it is, he can stop that anytime he wants to and lead you into something else or tell you that's not for you. Amen. Whatever it is. So he's Lord of all. He's your God. He's your helper. He's your standby. He's the one that's going to uh, present to you everything that, that he has ordained for you. And, and you know, we need to find out, God, did you, is this for me? Is this what you want for me, Lord? Is this, this the thing that you want me to get involved in? And so he will help you with all of those things. So, so. Faith needs other helpers, too, to get you across the finish line and what it is that you're doing for God. So faith is not everything. Faith, though, well, hope is the beginning of it because it's something that you want. And whatever it is that you hope for, in order to get it into the reality zone, you need to apply your faith to it. And it has to be faith in God's word. It has to be something that God wants for you, that's on the schedule for you, and that he approves of, and it fits into your life. Amen? All right, so we'll talk about the helpers tomorrow. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word, for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us with your word. Your word is holy. It's immovable. It cannot, faith cannot move us off of what it is that you have for us once we have believed in your word and trusted in your word. So Lord, we thank you, we bless you, we praise you, and we honor you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. We thank you, Lord, and we praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. All right, we'll do our declaration. I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. Thank you, Father. By your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God.